Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I might chip out, man. I got this, yeah. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Ankle Pick Pod. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We're here early in the week, and by early, I mean midweek, and we're doing a little recap action. We're going to kick it over to Kobe for news and notes and a little set the spread. And, oh, Tuesday Contender Series recap as well. So we're going to keep you in the loop with everything MMA, usual suspects. Kobe's obviously here. He needs to run the show. Kobe, what's up, host man? Country club. I like all those. I'm good. What's up with you? Nothing. I'm, you know, I'm living large. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to just be able to talk this sport. Danny, how are you? Green, my friend? No, sir. In the red last week. But I, what up, what up? Dare I say Zal Huber? Was it his fault? It was Zal Huber's fault. That motherfucker. Okay. Long story short, we'll get there. Let's start with, I, we just went over the fucking schedule. I'm already caking my pants here. So we'll just kick right into the recap. Um, so there's a recap for Sandhagen Song and Dong. It was Saturday the 17th, and it's our last card for, we, had a, we have a week break this weekend, which is killing me. Okay. Let's, we're just going to get to the, the, the good stuff. First off, Nicholas Mata versus Cameron Van Camp. Saw a lot of people in the MMA space on Van Camp. Nicholas Mata got it done. Looked light years better on the feet. Light years. Way faster, way crisper. And ended up uh, TKOing in the fir- very first round. Definitely nothing really to add. That was surprising to me, though. Yeah, I do think we, I think we called after that and we realized we missed a spot there, which is fine. Um, but... When you see it, like obviously post-taste, you could see that there was levels to the striking. Kobe, any bonuses for young Nicholas Mata? That just tells you what the type of night was. Um, ankle picker, Tony Gravely fell to Jahavid Bashrat. And, you know, it really was just to me, what it looked like to me was a cardio problem. Um, so I don't know about that. And, and really? I don't want to say that he didn't slow down because that was evident. But I didn't see it as like a red flag cardio, Tony Gravely, his gassing problems are rearing his head. I, I saw it as the investments that Bostrat was making to the body really paid off late in that, in mm. that fight. And I, I didn't see it so much as unpreparedness or anything from Tony's side. I saw it as just a better fighter that night in Bostrat. Yeah. And I think I know uh, Tony made an Instagram post and he's in good spirits about it. He's excited to get back in there. Bostrat keeps his O. And moving up the rank and proving that he deserves to be here. Um, so good to see it. Love fresh blood. So I, both these gentlemen are worth shouting out. This the reach one, advantage there was so big for Basra. Yeah. I, like yeah. Tony really couldn't get within reach. I mean. And what shocked me too is Tony usually is leaps and, and bounds in the in the grappling. But like uh, Basra held a wizard for a while. There was a lot of good outside trips. Like it was not as one-sided in the wrestling department as I thought it might be. Yeah, Nonetheless, though, I still expect massive things from Tony. And honestly, also Bashrat now on the radar. Um, so excited to see him win as well. One of the most gruesome submissions I've ever seen, honestly, like the after effects. 
But rear naked choke, Jillian Robertson, I hit my uh, second bet of the night because I did lose gravelly. Um, and that was a heart play, and I knew that the whole time. Uh, this I took fight not to go to decision. And the main reason was just because Jillian Robertson on the ground was levels ahead and Agapova on the feet was levels ahead. And so I figured because there's such a skill gap in both facets, one of the women would execute. In this case, it was Jillian Robertson and Agapova didn't tap, went out on her shield and it was gruesome, but it was uh, perfect all around and cash my ticket. Yeah, I was worried it was going to get even more gruesome when she started biting her tongue. Yeah. I was like, oh, this could be bad. Yeah. Her face turned like black. It was wild. Nonetheless, though, she was fine. Everyone's fine. But good good fight. Great for Jillian Robertson. And she just looks good on the mat, man. That's what I really take away. She just looks good on the mat. So still no bonuses, Kobe? No bonuses, but I got some stats for Jillian Robertson. Hit me. Women's flyweight record holder for most fights, most finishes, most submissions, most top position time most top position percentage and most submission attempts. That's low key wild too, because of the fact that she's only 11 and seven and not all those were in the UFC. So young records being extended. Also Agapova was the dog in this one, correct? Yeah, that's a loss for women's dogs. Oh, and two this week, we'll get there to uh, obviously Loma one too, but. Okay. Oh yeah. Loma. Yep. Trey Ogden defeats Daniel Zellhuber. Dan, I'm going to give this one to you because Ogden trains out of glory with James Krause and Sal Hooper's like the guy that, that I think we might even be able to clip this chat that you said is, is Hamzat level hype. What I was really excited. Yeah. I, I, I don't know exactly what went down. It was a really, really terrible performance. He didn't throw. Uh, I'm going to pull up the stats in a second, but the first round, he just seemed super hesitant, got behind just kind of, in the numbers based on leg kicks. It wasn't so much that Ogden landed anything of damage. And then he never stepped on the gas. It wasn't even like we got a glimpse in the, in the second or third round. There was just never any kind of urgency, never any kind of pushing the pace, trying to land anything. He was trying to counter, I mean, a striker that it was just much worse than him when he should have initiated something. It was really, it was really bad. Yeah. And it's also a good lesson on exposure to newcomers because I, I also wrote Zell Huber and it's one of those things where you wonder that are we going to get a, a price on him down the line as he refines his game a little bit. You know what I mean? Like this was clearly an execution problem, not a skill set problem. But also I do want to tip my cap to Trey Ogden because he executed a game plan perfectly and he looked really solid too. Like he looked solid in the exchanges. He looked solid in the takedowns. Like Trey Ogden looked like he never should have been plus 350 or whatever. Um, and one more little side note, because of you, I did get closing line value. I actually got Zell Huber at minus 280. So it's not a big deal that it lost because a big facet to gambling is just getting that closing line value long-term. You're, you'll, you'll be a winner. So I love seeing a minus 280 that closed it 420 or something absurd so shout out you even though it didn't go our way still a sharp pick in my opinion still nothing okay uh loma lukey and boomy uh outclassed denise gomez but it was much closer than i thought dan i was sweating it a couple moments but ultimately loma looked great um 
she got off a lot of her game plan. But what I was shocked about was how she looked in the grappling exchanges. Uh, I don't know. I, I definitely wasn't really ever worried. I don't know. I, I, I was, I thought she was comfortable in the clinch. I thought that she was able to get on top when she did make any kind of mistakes. And I thought she won all three rounds pretty unanimously. Was it a 30, 27? I thought it was a 29, 28. You got two 30, 27s and one 29, 28. Mm, mm. Okay. Yeah. There was just one, there was just one moment, I guess, where I remember feeling like Loma was in trouble. I don't know if Denise had her backpacked or arm bar, something where I was like, uh Oh, but other than that one finite moment, I mean, Loma looked leaps and bounds better. And I do just think that like, if Loma could get an atom weight in the UFC, she could actually be a top five type contender skill set wise. She's, yeah, just always, awesome. she's just yeah. always giving up size, which sucks. Still nothing. Cool. I'm, I'm waiting for Kobe because so many good fights, but there's also just a ton of finishes still to come, like a re- egregious amount. So, um, just these hard fought because these are going to decision, but these are good fights. Like the Ogden's Al Hoover. Uh, Ogden, I mean, I was excited. All right. Trevin Giles, the perennial fade beats our other new perennial fade, Luis Cosi bailed on the podcast. Now we're down on him. He's 0 2 in the UFC. Trevin Giles, I wasn't overly impressed with though, Dan. I, this was just a, this was just, to me, this was just a, Trevin Giles is slightly better. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, he did just enough. I mean, yeah. he didn't make it look obvious, but Louis didn't get anything off. And so it was just every every single motion that Louis went for, Trevin had an answer for, but Trevin didn't do anything special in his own right. Also, one thing I would like to add is one of my caveats, not caveats, but one of the things I always say to Trevin Giles is he's not a full-time fighter. They were talking about on the broadcast that he is officially a full-time fighter. He's not a a police officer anymore. So I'm expecting to see him grow as a mixed martial artist. I don't think it's too late for him. I still think, I still think he's, yeah, he just turned, he just, just turned 30. So, um, you know, maybe Trevin Giles can get off that fade list. He looked great. Dan, I'm kicking this one over to you. And this might be the first time Kobe chimes in. Damon Jackson just dismantles Pat Sabatini. KOTKO ground and pound. Sabatini was a guy that we kicked the bag around about potentially being a lock. Thankfully, mm-hmm. we did not. I know, like, we were, we were reasonably close. What, what happened? What went wrong here? Yeah, I mean, the fight was over before it started. He didn't really even get a chance to get the game plan going. That front kick landed, and it was lights out. He was on skates from there, and it was over maybe 20 seconds later. Not, not a ton to say because it was over in a minute. Yeah, and that's one of those things, too, where it's like no matter how confident you can be in somebody, it, it's just the, the, this sport more than any other sport. It's like if you run it 100 times, like 17 very might well win seven, but that front kick happened in this one, and it just from there he could never get it going. Also, um, a little partial news and notes, uh, Damon Jackson was mourning the loss of his brother. So I'm, I'm actually glad to see he was able to get that done. Um, never an easy feat to go in there with all that on your mind and shoulders, but 50 K to go home with you call it Reese. There we go. Yeah. He well-deserved too. Cause 17, he's no slouch. This one dude is Anthony Hernandez, uh, BJJ black belt better than Hidalfo asking for a friend. 
Uh, Anthony Hernandez. He's definitely a better prospect at 185. I'm very excited for this new version of Anthony Dude, Hernandez. The mission arm triangle over Mark Andre Burial in the third round, but he was leading the dance the whole way. The one thing for Anthony Hernandez is I do think if he really, really wanted to get disciplined, he could get to 170. Um, but uh, but he's doing fine at 85 and he's not having gas tank issues. He's probably not cutting that much weight. But yeah, I was very, very impressed. Yeah, and I, I think that he continues to move up the rankings. I'd love to see him fight a ranked fighter next. It's everything I've seen out of these last couple of fights has been really impressive from Fluffy. Yeah, leaps and bounds better. He's training out an MMA gold fight team. Don't know much about them, but 28 years old on a three fight win streak now, including the submission over Hidalfo and a submission over Mark Andre Burial. Just Andy is an anaconda choke over Jung Young Park. Just insane stuff. Insane stuff. Um, out of Fluffy Hernandez. Love to see it. And I was going to ask you one more question. Is this a Mark Andre Burialt is not a elite 185er, or is it more that Fluffy is better than I think than anyone at really? I, I saw I saw it as as compliments to Fluffy. I saw okay. it as Fluffy stepping his name into the conversation of, of potentially elite middleweights, and I know that that's an oxymoron to you, but it, it it is. But we'll see. I mean, that upper echelon, if he gets there, that's where mm-hmm. we start to see some real stuff. Split decision here, Nascimento Bozer. I was surprised it was split. I thought it was very clearly Nascimento. And I'm shocked too, man, because I really don't understand what Bozer's issue is and where he goes from here. I'm not saying he's going to get cut, but I'm saying he's cutting it dangerously close to being on the outs. Yeah, it's tough, but I agree with you. It was just too much control time for Bozer to uh, get past. And but anytime he wasn't being controlled, he was winning. It was just you got he's got to get in the gym and get off his back. And I know That's that as an undersized say. heavyweight, it's tough. But if you can't make two hundred five, you got to figure out a way to get off your back. If you're Bozer's coach, I mean, I think I think we see two hundred five in Bozer's future. That's what I think. I mean, he's, he weighed in at 229 and he definitely had some extra uh some extra luggage I, I think he could get he could probably make 205 whether he wants to do that or not but I guess my question is if you are his head coach and you just lost as a favorite for the third time out of four what's your next move here I mean Nascimento isn't a bum by any means I don't want to throw shade Nascimento's way but like this was a winnable mark in my opinion definitely it, I don't know. It, it's a tough question. I, I definitely think that he's got a couple paths, like we said, with light heavyweight. And then also just, I, I don't know if you can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wild. Um, well, actually, it's actually going to come up when we recap Tuesday Night Contender Series, because somebody who had no mad experience put off a pretty good performance. So we'll get there. Joseph Pfeiffer annihilates. Aline Amadovsky. You'll never see Amadovsky again unless he has something on Dana White that's just so vicious he needs to stay. He actually already got cut. That's part of news and notes. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I mean, he should have already. It was dangerous for him. They just signed him to a long contract. And then Joe Pfeiffer, way too early. Yeah, Joe Pfeiffer looked great, but it's way too early for me to be like, 
that guy's the guy, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to a fade spot, I'm going to be honest. Okay, Danny was not impressed, but yeah, I mean. I, this I won't a, say I'm not impressed. But I this was a sheep of slaughter, yeah. He's building his name up, and I, I'm not so sure that he's got anything special. I love it. I mean, we all got 50K. All right, good for him. Good for him. I love when the new the new blood get the get the cheese. Okay. This one I'm feeling good about. Why you ask? Because it was the ankle lock of the week. Andre Touchy Feely gets a split decision over Bill Algio. Another one where I understand, I know I was talking with I was feuding with somebody on Twitter about the fact that Bill Algio, I thought, did not win the third. I think you can't win the third when the opponent's in such a dominating position. He was saying that when you look at the damage dealt, Algio was building more, even though he was backpacked. Um, thankfully, we won the split decision, but I was kind of shocked it was split to begin with. I think Feely clearly won too. Um, I agree, but it's tough. I, I, I mean, I, I agree with kind of both thoughts. I think the yeah. damage should be considered considered above everything else but it's just he didn't win that round he, he it right. the the 20 so punches off the back did not win right. the round. and they're not that damn it yeah and i think the thing is is we have to go by the guidelines we have that's all we can do and so the guidelines are that the the control time from a dominant position seemingly is outweighed from reverse punches over your shoulder and that's fine but one judge didn't see it that way luckily for us that judge yeah. Yeah. oh yeah safe um nonetheless touchy feely gets it done for the boys and i think now's a good time Kobe, to update everyone on the ankle lock mma lock whatever 2022 record 20 and 7 i mean ridiculous the second part of the game or whatever, since the restart of the game in July, nine and one. Love that. I mean, that's just that is good enough for second place, though it's a virtual tie. We're back 0.1 units, 34.7 to 34.6. Wow. And we are like seven and a half clear of third place at 27 flat. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we're sitting in a very prime spot. Do you happen to know? This goes till December. Yep. End of the year. Yeah. So look for us. Um, and, and, and we give these out for free. For free. So if you want the 9-1, and one, soon to be 10-1, and one, soon to be 15-1 and one ankle lock, all you got to do is just follow. It's, it's a simple, simple task. But touchy-feely gets the job done closer than we'd like. But nonetheless, a dub is a dub. This one is one of the grossest cuts you'll see. And then the second grossest cut you'll see happens at the main event. Um, Gregory Rodriguez defeats Chidi and Chukwani via ground and pound KOTKO. Uh, doctor almost stopped it, but the cut was in a very good spot in between the eyes, which helped. Like it wasn't over an eyelid brow. The, the blood didn't leak in. But RoboCop was looking like RoboCop, but he gets it done. Second round. Dan, this was a great spot for us. You tipped me off to this spot as a potential dog spot here. I did tail and it, it worked out well. Other than the one, I believe it was a bow. Other than the one bow that landed that, that landed the devastating cut. And the knee, that, that initial knee yeah. that he just that walked into. 
Yeah, the knee might have been the cut. But irregardless, um, outside of those two moments, Rodriguez really looked like the more well-rounded um, fighter. And Gas Tank, shockingly, ended up being a big factor. Yeah, definitely. And I I think that Rodriguez is really, really impressive. Uh, I, I, we talked about last week that I think he won that Petrosian fight. We're learning that he can strike yeah. with the best in the world. We know yeah, he can grapple with the best in the world. This is, this is a real contender here. Yeah, he's a dangerous guy. And is he – I know he looks like a fucking – junior dos santos's kid but yeah he's 30 years old too so like we're dealing with a guy who is still coming into form outside that army arm and petrosian fight who i too scored it for him i mean we got a guy who's grappling with he's he's made of bricks he can grapple he can strike yeah i don't know how to put this guy away yeah um main event 50k both ways fight of the night Oh, that's okay. I'm okay with that. You, you know, it, it is interesting, though, that you don't often see a fight of the night when there's a, a finish before the third round. Yeah, you don't. I wonder if part of it was that Dana was thinking, like, that cut may have been enough, and so he, he wanted to give Cheney mm-hmm. some compensation for a fight that really did go back and forth for a while. Okay, so that was the most gruesome cut, in my opinion. You saw some skull. It was nasty. This was a very close second. Um, the one on Song and Dong looked like a shark bite. Corey Sandhagen gets the job done. Basically, from my vantage point, beat up on Song and Dong for four rounds. Um, I gave Song the first. Okay, I'm fine with giving the first. I'd be fine with that too. I don't know if we got the judges. I mean, I'm sure we got the judges' scorecards. I haven't seen them, but I mean, dude, Sandhagen's just that guy. I believe that a judge, if not multiple, had it two two going into ah, the really okay yeah which was interesting i disagreed with it. but yeah, uh, there but were still, some close yeah. rounds I, I was impressed from song sandhagen is just a little that level better yeah and song again 23 or 24 i mean like he's got so much room to grow just a learning experience also tough as nails man that cut was gruesome and he was pissed when they stopped it he wanted to keep going he didn't give a flying butt about it so sandhagen got the job done um, believe it was a, a step in elbow that landed it that, sp- that split him and just added damage there. Sandhagen, the way I look at this, Sandhagen is a perennial top five. He's got to get another title shot soon. And then for, for Song Yudong, it's he's getting experience from these higher level competitions. And by the time he's 26, 27, we're going to be dealing with a real killer. A real dangerous Song Yudong. Hopefully he leaves Team Alpha Male, that too. That is it. Anything else? Any more bonuses? Any more nothings? Any more stats? House cleaning? Nothing? So that closes yeah. the book on Sandhagen, Song, and Dong. We hope you enjoyed the card as much as we did. It was an absolute blast. Uh, looks like we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven finishes on a 13-fight card. So a lot of enjoyment there. Okay. Now, do you want to hit news and notes we now? Got contender series. Let's just keep going. Let's contender series. It'll be quick. It was not a whole bunch. Um... So Jafel Philho versus Roybert Echevarria was back and forth. Echevarria had moments. I believe I had it uh, 1-1 going into the third, but it was a nasty check left hook that knocked him out flush. And then the follow-up ground and pound. Um, good stoppage. I know Echevarria complained, didn't mind, but contract Philio, Philio, 
Um, Leg fractures. He was in the hospital by the time they were giving out contracts. Yeah, he was. That's why I wasn't sure if he got one. Yeah, Hetchavario demolished that lead leg, which is just such a dominant strategy. Nerillo Aliyev versus Josh Wick. Josh Wick was sent to slaughter. Aliyev looked incredible and got the job done. Uh, I, I I think that he's a force to be reckoned with. He's got that that Dagestani level of pressure and apparently also has good good striking as well because it was a ground and pound finish that he just was relentless. I mean, there was 30 seconds, no, 24 seconds left in the round and the judges still said, I've seen enough because it was just a dismantlement from the top. Contract Aliyev, a guy that I wouldn't want to face. Contract and he's ready next week, so maybe we see him next week. Which would be wild. I mean, he <laughs> looked great. So this is the one that I mentioned would be called to for Austin Lane, a guy who had a contender series fight against Greg Hardy and lost, got knocked out. He used to play NFL football, made a late transition. And when I was actually degenerately taping for contender series, I watched his Juan Adams fight for the uh, title and he was losing it. And a lot of it was Juan Adams pressure and wrestling. Well, Richard Jacoby attempted that multiple times and you saw multiple reversals out of Austin Lane, which ultimately gave him the KOTKO ground and pound. So I love to see the fact that he's someone who is lives in the gym and, but unlike Greg Hardy, who seemed to stall out, he's continuously getting better. Um, so heavyweight bout a guy that's faster than most heavyweights I still, I'm not ready to sit here and be like, oh, he's, he's going to mow down the UFC. I still think he's just a, a body at the moment, but I think his high end upside is, is there. Yeah. I'm interested. I intrigued, I guess is, is more, intrigued, yeah. is a better word, but I agree with you. I don't think that he's anything special. Yeah, contract one. I did lose my bet there. I, I did bet uh, Richard Jacoby. However, I had a parlay of Aliyev and uh, Ferrero coming up. So our Ferrer coming up, so that that ended. I touched that same parlay. Nice, there we go. See, look at that. We didn't even talk about it. Wow. Um, Raul Rosas Jr., the 17-year-old Fina, a guy who comes in with massive grappling prowess, can't uh, fought a 25-year-old Mondo Gutierrez. Mondo had moments, but it was few and far between, and the pressure from Rosas was undeniable. And, and scrambling, yeah, scrambling was incredible. Um, I believe it was 3027. Is that true? But irregardless, he actually got a contract. The 17 year old got the job done. And it begs the question why did he get a contract and Bo Nickel didn't? Is it simple, simply just experience? The fact that he has an amateur career and a grappling career? Uh, I mean, there's that. I think that Bo Nickel puts asses in seats for the last week of contender series i think that there's some under the table stuff going on there mm. but that's just one man's opinion because bo nickel looks like a killer way way more than than rosas at this moment but i know that rosas they were mentioning has been it competing against grown men since he was 10 um 17 years old i also saw a hilarious meme that he looks like the offspring of uh bigfoot silva and janjaroba yeah, that is funny. Hilarious, hilarious when you actually look it up. I was mentioning this to Kobe, but uh, he's a guy kind of similar to like the Jose Aldo that we mentioned, where he's 17, but he is like 35 in fight yeah. years. That guy has seen some miles already. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how it affects 
a career that is so young. Yeah. What's really beneficial to him is he's 17. So usually youth can save you. The question is, does he tap out at 28 because he's just put so much mileage on? I guess it remains to be seen. But nonetheless, I think 35 is full of absolute killers. But I think he can actually find a home for himself in that lower ranking area before it starts to really tighten up on him. His grappling is just, I mean, next He's level. a problem. He's a, yeah. you, he's a problem. He's a problem. KOTKO punches to end the night. Only lasted a minute and a half. Bruno Ferreira just dismantles Leon Aliu. And Aliu is not a joke. 10 and 2. Um, but just what Bruno brought to the table was a, a, too much. And what's also about Bruno is he his striking was on display, but his wrestling and submission work is also incredible. I think he has five win, five or six wins by knockout, three by sub. So he gets the job done in multiple areas. And, and I actually think out of everyone who won a contract tonight, he is the one that I would be the, that I think is the most UFC ready right now. Uh, I think he could be a problem at 185. I think you can give him a lot of those lower ranked slash on the cusp of being ranked guys. And he will be a problem Um, because of the fact that his jits is so good. His standup is so good. I want to see more from his wrestling, but he's a guy that I, when I turned off the TV after the contracts were written out, I go, that guy's the guy that I'm, I'm looking to, to possibly find a spot on down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he, he should, because he, at 29, you kind of got to get off to a hot start. If it's right. not like you've got the Rosa's time to get into it. Right. So that closes the book on another contender series night. That was great. And honestly too, like, I think next week's the season ender week 10. Yep. Bo Nickel had called back. But we've a lot of contracts, a lot of fresh blood. Um, just a great thing to have. Seems like the last few weeks, they've all been, every single winner's gotten a contract. Yeah, it has. And, and deserved, too, honestly. Deserved. There's only been a couple times where I was like, that's a sus contract. And usually it's in a woman's bout where they just need, need some people. But, like, when you look up and down this list, it's like Austin Lane deserved it. Raul Rosas deserved it. Bruno Ferreira deserved it. I mean, these guys came in here. Ali deserved it. They, four of the five were finishes, I think. Yeah, wild stuff. So, um, God, I love my Tuesday nights. I think it's a good time for news and notes now, Cobes. Yep. Just a few items here because uh, we're just playing the favorites now. Um, big news from Jose Aldo's camp this week. What his, uh, it started with, his coach saying that he's probably time to hang him up. And uh, next thing we know, he's removing the roster pool. So I'll turn it over to you guys real quick. I mean, just there's nothing more to say than just first ballot Hall of Fame level career. Mount Rushmore of MMA is Jose Aldo's face four times. (laughs) But he's a guy who pioneered this sport. He's a guy who had moments where he talked about wanting to go to boxing and quitting UFC or where he got knocked out in 17 seconds or, and he still reinvented himself, went to 35, made a push for a title, a guy that when you talk about the sport 20, 30, 40 years ago from now, his name will still pop up. Um, 
So for me, a guy who's been watching the sport for the better half of a decade, Jose Aldo is a guy that gifted a lot of amazing fights, a lot of amazing moments, a lot of amazing um, just being the featherweight goat. Um, just that's all I got to say. Just a great career. And I'm happy he's hanging up. And I hope I wish him nothing but amazing stuff. I hope he preserves his health, stays around the sport, maybe gets into coaching, whatever he want, wants to do. But yeah, definitely. Just not enough, not enough great things to say. He really is deserving of GOAT status. I mean, that WEC run was, he was untouchable. Absolutely untouchable. Reese, I want to clean you up a little bit real quick. There's no way that you haven't been following this sport for a decade. What do you mean? You I think said better half of a decade that you've been following this sport. Yeah, I think it's got to be, what, 2022 right now? I think I started watching, like, religiously in, like, 2013, probably, 2014. I mean, I was in high school. Right, fair enough. I've got a Jose to 199. Why? Would you th- Wait, you thought it was less than that? You thought no, it was- I thought it was way more than that. I thought it was, like – No, I think that- – I wasn't allowed. I don't even know if I really was allowed to watch until. <laughs> okay. There you go. Until, until I got into high school, 2012, maybe it might be a full decade. Honestly, now that I think about it, it might be a full decade. Um, more um, exciting PFL signings. Nonetheless right. though, really quickly, even with a decade into the sport, I can comfortably say now is the best time to be a fan. The way, like the amount I've seen this sport grow is like, ridiculous i mean we're talking about like the early days of like nfl where it's just run smash mouth run now it's starting to get into the passing era like we're getting some crazy stuff leg kicks fucking flying arm bars out of dimitri's just ridiculous stuff um so i i i'm just i couldn't be more happy and i'm excited for hopefully another decade what a time what a time what a time right i mean you came in at, at such a good time because you went from casual country club Kobe to sharp, hardcore MMA Kobe in years time. And it's, it couldn't have been a better time. Tuesday night contender series, fucking bangers. Almost. I mean, there used to be, it used to be like a card every two months, just pay-per-view. Now we're cooking with fight nights. We go 11 weeks in a row without, with fights. It's up. Sorry. I, I don't want to get bogged down. It but. does leave us with like back to back Dern Yan followed by uh what is it after? Bye that? week, Dernian. Bye week, Grasso, Arajo. Yeah. That's tough. Well, I know it's even worse. I'd rather have that than than. I love the frequency. I you always find hidden gems in those fight nights. Wouldn't trade it. Honestly, I would add more. Give us one one Wednesday, one Saturday. I'm fine with that. That was uh, a great week coming back from uh the COVID break in Jacksonville. <sighs> That was the dream. Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Just an awesome week. Still didn't even quench my thirst. Um, started to mention earlier, more exciting PFL news. Marlon Marais signing with PFL. Fantastic signing. That, I mean, man, I'd love to see Jose, too. I know he's, he's retired and not just whatever. Uh, honestly, I think that the, the fight left on his UFC contract will prevent him from that. Sorry, just thinking out loud. I didn't know he had a fight left. He's one more. Mm-hmm. I think we see him again. In, in in some sort of Nate Diaz fashion, like a celebrity fight type thing. I don't know. I, I think that if they're going to Brazil in the next year, they got to put they are. Aldo on the cut. They, ha- they have him in Rio for December, I saw. How do you not have Jose on that card? Right. Do like a Jose 
Dominic Cruz. Yeah. Joe's a, or like even like a Uriah Faber. I'm fine with that. Right. And I want him to go out on a W too. I mean, it's not fair to feed him to the goat Murad. No, I don't want to get Dane started. Pivot, pivot, pivot. Um, more bangers added to UFC 280. We have Shamil Abdurakimov and Jaltan Almeida on that okay. card as well. I think you, you, so. You we also had what I see is Lambda Slaughter after Jaltan. Okay, one way banger. Props to Shamil for taking that. I would want no part of that guy. Was that so wasn't that the fight that was initially um, so. scheduled before this past Diaz Ferguson two seventy nine? I think so. I think Shamil had to pull out. I thought. I could have missed that. Um, I think that this fight is what's replacing the Hamdi Abdel Wahab Parker Porter, and then Abdel Wahab had an injury, and then we tried to get a replacement for. Parker Porter and whoever that was withdrew also. So I, that one's off the card now altogether. Mm. And so what I think, I think we're still at 17 fights though on that card. That's going to be fucking nuts. Good. Give us 20. Um, all right, moving along here. This one is an absolute banger both ways. Bryce Mitchell, Mozart, Evloev. That's November 5th in the apex. And I'm still praying that that's five rounds. I'm hoping five rounds, but I'm loving the apex cage. Let, let's let's even make it smaller. Let's put those guys in the phone booth. I'm in. So they're gonna want to grapple, but yeah, um, a phone booth big enough for grappling. <laughs> a big fucking phone booth that's smaller than the apex, <laughs> like literally with eight sides. <laughs> Um, we had Biggie Boy and Chris Dawkins rebooked for UFC 282. That's in December, but had already announced that one. And the last piece of news and notes, Bruno Silva is out. He was supposed to be fighting Abdul, or I'm sorry, Albert Duraev and Michael Alexiachuk stepping in. That's going to be the last fight night card of the year, December 17th. Mm. Is it an injury or is he just regrouping because I actually he sucked his last fight. Oh, I mean, in fairness, so did Dariah, but that's it for news and notes. Okay. Unless y'all got anything that I'm not aware of. Nope. Just, I mean, I'm sure there is stuff I'm, we're, that we know that's not aware of, but nothing. I don't want to steal your Thundercoat. That's what it really is. I don't want right. to come in here with my lengthy scroll of news and just make you look bad. Can't do that to you. <laughs> thank you much appreciated <laughs> let's uh fast forward past the bye week this weekend and move it to ufc vegas 61 mackenzie dern and yan jaunan that is october 1st in the apex 6 p.m central main card we're gonna set the spread there and uh yeah, let's move it right into that. Reese coming off the most recent victory, 16 and 15 on the year. Um, music to my so, ears. Music to your ears. We all knew that it was going to be within one, so that's, this is not surprising anybody. Um, again, I don't necessarily trust the bout order, so I picked my five. Hope you all are cool with it. I've done a good job of that, says me. Yeah, as I was going to say, be, be a little more modest, right, don't you? Um, Reese, you're going to leave this first one off. We have a heavyweight bout, Alexia Linick and Alir Latifi. So he, 
here's what's wild. I am a little bit confused on how Alexia Linick is still, dare I say, moving. Um, the man's 60 wins, 60, 16 losses, something ridiculous. And Latifi on the other end is a guy that I, I feel like we haven't seen much from recently, but a, a veteran of the sport. I, I think Latifi is going to be favored. I know he's an extremely undersized heavyweight and he's 40 and a 39 in his own right, but he should be keyword is should he should be smart enough to disengage and not engage with Alexio Linick. With that being said, we're talking about a guy who has a lot of knockouts on his record. Um, none recently, but he, he has had that. And so my guess is books are favoring him to get it done inside the distance and avoid Alexio Linux fucking grip of death. Um, but I mean, he's 45 years old right now. He got knocked out two or three fights in a row. Um, I'm, I'm not impressed with him beating Jared Vandera. I'm going to go Elir Latifi minus how high? 180 because it is still I still got to respect the fact that who the boa is and that Elier is kind of you know meh um so I'm gonna I'm gonna go 180 in favor of either of the TV I'm going under you maybe I'm giving too much respect to the boa constrictor um regardless of what the line is going to be I'm going to look to bet Alexi's side because I'm, I'm noticing here on the tapology that this is the third time it's scheduled. And the first two, we got Latifi illness and then Latifi withdrew. Why are you running from Boa Constrictor? Why are you running? Dan, so I'll be looking Dan, to bet. I'll so be looking Dan's to bet saying there's no there. way those are real. Elir, he, Danny wants to hit, see you on the mat because he's calling <laughs> you a, a weekly. <laughs> um. No, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to go minus 150 for Alir because, like you said, it's hard to make a 45-year-old guy as, as good of a technician as he is, is at getting those chokes and using the long, his long arms. It's hard to make a guy that's 45 years old a favorite in a fist fight. Yeah, it is. Whammy Reese, 180. Wow. Okay, this is going to be a good freaking night i can feel it where did it open country club sir sir country club? 200 and that was three okay. weeks ago on the first of september yeah see and that's a little high okay i'm about this and i don't dan i don't touch either at 180 um but i also don't touch boa constrictor so that's i'll be touching the olenic by sub no matter what why and are I, you running I mean, here's the problem though here's the problem though dan if olenic is let's say plus 160 what's Olenek by sub plus 162 <laughs> like like literally <laughs> name another method I'll wait I don't know I just don't know how Lear is going to win this fight he likes to lean on his opponents and you don't enter a, a leaning I mean it's you just don't lean like, on Alexi Olenek I've seen Olenek's chin be glass at this point and I don't blame the man he's fought 70 times or 80 times all right let's move on from this rag Bantamweight bouts next up. How many Barcelos and Trevin Jones, Dan? Pione is coming off of two losses. Um, one's a bad loss. He was a big old favorite to over Victor Henry. 
Um, but I, I still think he's going to be the favorite here. Uh, Trevin's also coming off two losses is part of the reason. But um, Hione is the more skilled fighter. Trevin, um, Trevin has been really inconsistent for me. Like the, uh, he, he looked really great against Timur. Um, I mean, he, even in that fight, that fight was kind of the dichotomy of who Trevin Jones was. He lost the first one bad and then came back big. Um, but he's a guy who I can't really trust. Hione Barcelos, um, although he's 35, he's an absolute firecracker. He's so explosive. And um, I'm going to have him at a minus. 160. See, Dan, you're on the right track, and I didn't think you were going to be, to be honest. Like, not, no disrespect to you, I'm saying I didn't know if you were going to have Hione as the favorite. And the reason why is because people don't realize this, but, like, he's 35, and he just dropped two in a row, one of which was really bad in that Victor Henry loss. Um, and so – a lot of people, when you get into that mid thirties and over that hump is when you start to decline. And I, I, I thought that you would maybe think, um, Trevin Jones might have a slight advantage here. However, I, I do think Hione Barcelos is going to be the favorite. Um, however, however, and this is important. I don't think it's going to be by much at all. And I actually think I probably will find myself on the Trevin Jones side. That might be egregious. Um, but I just think that I don't want to say that Hione's past that, but the Victor Henry fight was bad. Um, and, and a gas tank came into, I mean, he was minus what three, 400 and blew it. Um, and so I don't know, might be over that hump for him, but I think Trevin Jones just can't be the favorite also coming off two losses. Um, so I'm going to give a very slight lean. What did you say? 40? I think 60 is what I said. 60. Okay. I'll go one fit. Hione Barcelos minus 150. 210 Barcelos. That's and a big number. Way, open 280 Barcelos. Wow. Reese, you better jump on that ticket. I think I'm Trevor going Jones to. Ticket. I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to. Because I know this is a Surprise guy. Me. Hold on. I know this is a guy who all of two, three years ago was beat Saeed Nurmagomedov. But you add three, two, three years of age, and he dro he's dropping to Victor Henry. I mean, it's not like Trevin Jones is facing bums. You got... Javid Bashrat, Mario, he beat Mario Batista via KO. He KO'd Timur Valiev, who I believe, didn't Honey lose to Timur? Yep, that MMA Mats and, and Trevin's side there. I might take a stab there near two to one. Wow, I'm actually a little shocked by that. I got to tape more, though. I got to tape. I mean, I this is no tape at all. I'm saying Trevin Jones based on film. I, I got to, but uh, uh, look for a ticket incoming. Great pick, Dan. Nodded at one, welterweight bout up next. Reese, you're going to lead it off. Randy Brown and Francisco Trinaldo. Mm, welterweight's my sauce. Um, why you ask? Because I am a. I've been 
following Robbie Lawler for 15 years, and I love welterweight. And Rory, shout out Rory McDonald, my Christian brother. And You've been working your way back down to welterweight 15 years. Yeah, that, that too. <laughs> um, feels that way. Um, so, I mean, Randy Brown's going to be the favorite, and it's no – I don't want to be disrespectful to the legend, um, but he's 44 years old. And although Trinaldo is putting in good work still at 44, you notice the decline and it's evident. Um, I mean, we're talking about a guy who it's just confusing. Cause like he'll lose to James Vick and then he'll beat Bobby green. He'll lose to Alexander Hernandez. And then he KOs Jai Herbert. Nonetheless, even though he just beat Danny Roberts, I believe as a dog and Dwight Grant, he probably was a favorite in that Dwight Grant fight, but Randy Brown, I think is where a 32 year old prime Randy Brown, just beat chaos Williams. God, is it see, I want to say like Randy Brown minus two fifty, but like, I think a 44 Trinaldo is better than plus two. 10 or 220 or whatever. Um, I'll go Randy Brown minus 250. It's pretty big. And, and it puts me in a spot because I well, had here's it. Here's the thing, Dan. I think that. A little bigger. Go on. I, I Just a little. No, no I, go, I, on. I go on. I go don't on. disagree with you. Nate. Go That's on. That's why it puts me in a spot because. Go on. I'll, I don't know. If I'm playing I'll the game, I, I'm probably wanting to go under you. I'll shut up. Because there's just more of a possibility of the spread being there. Like, there's no – like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the, the window of, like, 260 to, like, 310 is really all I can think of for this fight. And it's, like – it could also be, like, that 180 to 250 window. See, I – yeah. I was scared going 250. So, the fact that you're over me definitely makes me feel a little a little better about it. I'm gonna stick with my gut here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the market moving away from the 44 year old. Give me 255. And yeah, maybe this is a parlay piece, but Trinaldo, I mean, yeah, I'm not parlaying this. 280. Hold on. Can I ask you a question, uh, a prediction. My guess is. It's moving – the line's moving towards Trinaldo. Is that a bad prediction? Bad prediction. Opened on the 1st of September at 2.30, Randy Brown. And it peaked at – is it peaking at 280? I got to double-check what if it's peaking. Not the not. end of the world. Not the end of the world. But I'm, I'm shocked because Trinaldo, I know he's 44, and I know he's shown signs of slowing, but, like, he's – Five and one in his last six, beating good names: Bobby Green, Jai Herbert, Danny Roberts. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna take him here. I, I wasn't gonna go higher than 250 though, so I'm not upset about that point. Nice job, Dan. A great job, Dan. That that's a really tough point to get. I can't believe that they're putting on a fight night where two fighters' age combined is 89 years old. That is wild. That's a crazy welcome. number. Yeah, welcome to modern day UFC. If they threw on fucking Andre Orlovsky, we'd be well over a hundred with three fighters. 
You could throw um, a, like a, a high school kid on there. <laughs> We're well over a hundred with three fighters. You could throw Rosas. You could throw this Rosas kid on, and we're over 100 with three fighters. What's funnier, though, is we picked two fighters, but, like, we easily could have said either the Tifi, like, either (laughs) the 40. (laughs) How old's Max and Grisham Grisham these days? 38? Sorry. Jesse Ronson, too, is getting up there. Jesse Ronson's 36 or something. All right, no, no, we're, we're, we're this is the who's who of the senior division on this UFC I'm, fight I'm night fan. card. Fan. Pound, um, pound for pound, gray hair. Not quite this fight though. Middleweight bout: Brendan Allen and Christoph Jokko. Dan, go for it. Uh, Brendan Allen has been a little bit of, I won't say a thorn in our sides, but a guy that uh, has, I mean, been had some misses. I mean. The Chris Curtis aged a little bit better, but at the time we were very confused. Uh, he, he's a guy that has elite grappling, but when he's not having success, he's he's, he's he doesn't have that dog in it. Is what it feels like. He really fades. Um, and Jocko's a tough test. I don't see Jocko as just being on bottom for 15 minutes. And I think that that's what Brandon Allen is, is really looking for. And I'm not sure that he has a, a, a plan B when it gets to that situation. So I've got Jocko as a favorite here. Um, I don't think there's a two in front of it, but I think it's a little bit higher than 150. So I'm going to go right in the middle at 175. See, I, I, I agree with you in a lot of that. I just think that although I've been burned so many times on the Brendan Allen train. Um, when I do see peak Brendan Allen, it's it's good enough for me to think that he might even be favored here. Um, I'm a little scared to do that, but I, I might. Um, because I'm a guy who thinks that Brendan Allen's only path to victory is grappling. But, like, he beat Punahele Soriano on the feet at, at moments and ended up getting a unanimous decision. Um, just beat Jacob Malhoun. But, again, like, even that Sam Alley fight, he did get tagged, which is why I'm scared to put him as a favorite. Jocko, Malcoon Malcoon had a ton of moments in that fight. That was not Jocko though. Here's the thing about Jocko though that pisses not pisses me off, but makes me worried that I'll never forget is I backed him against Uriah Hall, and he phoned it in on me. He won the first round, got tired, and just phoned it in on me. Uh, lost Uriah Hall, then proceeded to lose to Brad Tavares. So I know it's in there for him as well to kind of have enough those fights Uh were aired still on fox good point the other thing too is sean strickland didn't get his game plan off against jocko which is one of the big caveats to me i'm thinking that jocko should handle this one i'm gonna go and this might and i don't i don't have to do this but i'm actually this confident so i'm going to do this i'm gonna go 115 or 110 each way I actually think Brent Allen might have a minus. I really do. Um, that would surprise me a little bit. Maybe plus 100, but I think Brent Allen's got a, enough prospect hype still. Um, 
that I, 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 I'm hoping he's not a, a pretty big dog. Cause there's a point where if he's plus 130, 140, he might have the opportunity to fuck me over again. I, might I mean, every single loss that he has in his career has victories in the UFC down to Trevin Giles in 2016. Then Eric Anders, Fluffy Hernandez, Sean Strickland, Chris Curtis. Yeah. There's not, there's not a, a, like a really bad red flag name on that list. Right. right. And he's, and he has shown improvements, although he's had moments, like, I get what the you're last saying. two just weren't easy fights. I, I, yeah. they're wins, and he got the job they done. Been yeah, they should but have been easier than they were. He was a big old favorite in both of them, and I don't know. I came away with sour taste. Could be chinny. Yeah. Reese didn't have to go all the way down to one ten. He's still going to take the point. Minus one thirty-five, Joko. Oh, okay, okay. Joko's but, the but, wait. But, did but, I take but, that but. point? Huh? Did I take that point? Yeah. 25 off versus Reese's or versus Danny's four 40. All right. Um, this one opened with Brendan Allen minus 125. Okay. That's mm. where I thought it would be at around, but I didn't want to give Dan that much room. Um, but do you know what that tells me? Wish you had. Do you know what that tells me? Tells me Jocko's the side actually, because when it's, when it's, got that new plus line on Brendan Allen and it's still moving in the direction of Jocko. That's that, that shows pretty strong bets coming in on that side from what I know from gambling. Again, MMA is a different beast, but the gambling line would tell you that Jocko's the side. Main event going to be worth the point this evening. Women's straw weight bout Mackenzie Dern and Yan Jaunan Reese lead it off and Dan followed up. I get to decide higher or higher. Pretty much, yeah. And the reason why it's going to be higher or higher is because I'm going pretty high, and even I'm a little worried that it's not high enough. Here, here's the thing. I think Yao Zhanam is actually very good. Um, I actually think she beat Marina Rodriguez. I won't lie. It was close. It was very, very close. Um, the problem is it's a game of matchups, and – Carla Esparza, who is the champ, I know, but Carla Esparza absolutely exposed this woman. And Most. how did she expose her? The mat. Who is she facing? Mackenzie Dern. What does Mackenzie Dern love? The mat. If Mackenzie Dern can get this to the mat, which I believe she will be able to, it will be utter domination. It really will. It'll probably be a submission finish relatively quick. The only thing is, and you've mentioned it before, her wrestling's not amazing. And if this doesn't hit the mat, Yao Zhanan's going to style her on the feet, which is why I'm scared to go into that like 300 range for Dern, even like the 260, 270s. That, that's scary because you have a girl who, if she can stuff the takedown, 33 years old, trains out of Team Alpha Male, who as much as I hate them, if they were going to help you, it would be on the mat. Right. We, we just saw Song Yudong have a really yeah. impressive takedown defense performance. If it was going to help you, it would be on the mat. Um, I just don't think it's enough. And I also think Dern is somebody who will be in that championship conversation. I think that she's somebody who – if this hits the mat, and I believe it does, I think you can rip your Zhao Nan ticket up. 
Like if, if, if she gets one takedown, I think you can safely rip your job. Like that's how, what I'm expecting based on what I saw from Carlos Barza, who obviously is a much better wrestler, but I'm going to go 230 for Mackenzie Dern. And then my only reasoning for that is anything under 200, I would feel really good. I just nicked the point. Anything over 250, I'm starting to think I might take Yao Shana. And for 250 that, was the number I had written down. Going. And that's the reason I settled on 230. Because at 250, I'm getting close to Zhao Dan, but at like 190 or 200, I'm taking Dern. So 230 it is. I'm going to go over you. Um, I mean, we, we saw kind of the first test not go so well. The five-rounder against Maria Rodriguez, striker versus grappler. And I think then round two is just going to be Mackenzie able to get it done. I don't, I, the volume is there for Jan, 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 but the technique is not the same as Marina Rodriguez. Um, and, and Mackenzie was like a 200 minus 200 favorite in that fight. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going over you. I won't lie, Dan. If I'm being completely honest. I was hoping if, if I got to pick, I think I might actually have drilled this, but if I got to pick, I would have preferred you went under. Dan's going to wish he went under too. Oh, you slow rolling bastard. <laughs> Minus 210. Mackenzie Darren. That might be a part. I might try to craft a little parlay tonight. Now that I can finally start taping. Um, I'm, I might try to craft a little parlay that gives us, Dern, maybe Jocko, couple lines. You can drop Dern down to minus two hundred on a couple different spots. Yeah, it's just interesting because there were a wow. couple. Of, there were a couple of those where Dan and I were both like on on the same side, but it was a different side than Vegas. So, might be a little parlay craft after after some tape. Seventeen fifteen, Reese Pulver. Starting to get more comfortable, baby. Twenty twenty two. Close us up needed Poha! thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube